Hello, Internet. Welcome back to episode three of Living It Up in Lion City. This podcast is about life in Singapore from the perspective of A, a foreigner, that is me, and B, a Singaporean, that is Raj, who is not here with us because he had other things to do, namely sleeping off his hangover. So, fuck you, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> and, but we do have three guests with us, three Singaporeans, who will be talking to us about the topic at hand. So let me introduce a special guest, Derek. Hi, Derek. Hello. We have another special guest, Sushant. Hi. And a very special guest. Ling. Hi, Hi Ling. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you guys who have been listening to our podcast, I want to thank you all for listening to it. And in our very first episode, we talked about what it meant when people talked about Singapore lacking soul. Now, I have, I've always been of the opinion that that kind of sentiment was bullshit and born of a very blinkered view from a predominantly Eurocentric point of view. Having said this, what is very interesting was that following that particular podcast and a bunch of other things that I was talking about with friends on Facebook, was that this is an opinion that's shared by a lot of people, both local and uh, foreign. So. The, the topic of today's podcast is about why is it that there is a perception that Singapore lacks soul and perhaps we can explore some of the facets of it. So Derek, Sushant, Ling, welcome to our amazing podcast. Well, it's, good <laughs> it's good to be here. It is. <laughs> right. um, it's, once again, it's good to have you guys again. Um, we did have a fantastic conversation the last time and unfortunately... Um, because of technical issues on our side, we couldn't get a lot of those gems, but we're hoping to get some more you know, insight into this thing. To start things off, uh, I think there's a question that I want to ask, in that in the previous episode, we explored why Raj and I felt the narrative that Singapore lacks soul from expats is inaccurate and biased. But a lot of people, both local and foreign, feel the same way. What are the things about Singapore and living here that bring about this perception? We've, we've heard of this before. Like, all three of you have traveled quite a bit, right? Like, what is the perception that people have of Singapore? Like, when you guys travel? Sorry, I'm just looking at somebody dancing opposite. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> and is he taking yeah. off? <laughs> uh, that's what I was looking at. So <laughs> sorry for the distraction. dropping on our neighbors. <laughs> so you guys have traveled a lot. And it is, can I assume that not many people know about Singapore when you're traveling? Definitely. Right? First of all, we're not in China. And second <laughs> of noted. all, since the Trump visit, we're not in Malaysia. <laughs> but we're closer to home right now. Yeah. So even though there's a lot of Google search, it really doesn't say much. They yeah. still have the perception that Singaporeans are of only yellow skin, even though we cover a wide spectrum of human colors. Yeah. That annoys me because they just assume we are just one tone color, which I don't think that's true. And they should never just stereotypically define it as us. That is, that is true, Sushan, but at the same time, I think, you know, Singapore doesn't have the media footprint that, let's say, the U.S. has. So, my question here is that when you guys are traveling and you say, hey, you know, I'm from Singapore, like, what is the perception that the person you're talking to has about, oh, Singapore, like, what comes to their mind or what do they talk to you about 
Oh, Singapore. Like. It depends. Because my parents, okay, my sister and my mom went, on, went to South Africa in Johannesburg and Cape Town. Okay. It was my sister's uh, graduation trip. This was around what this, period of time? I think in the 2000, year okay. 2000. Okay. And she had a great time. She didn't have a great time with a conversation with a white lady sitting beside her, them during dinner time, who okay. assumed Singapore was part of China. The waiter, uh, a black African guy, actually knew more about Singapore than the white lady did. She was so much more impressed with the waiter than this, you know, arrogant white lady. <laughs> Fucking white people. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you sure you want to go there again? <laughs> Follow us, that's a joke. <laughs> I mean, it, it really has the perception that white people tend to think, okay, I, I hate to say, to say European descent people tend to think that they have better knowledge than us. I have a lot of comments directed at me saying, are you really from Singapore? Originally from Singapore? You must be from China and just move. I say, Damn, do you know more about my history, my root history than I do? Apparently you seem to think so. So why don't you just make up your own story about me and just not tell me what I should tell you? Wow, okay. But can I ask Sushan, is that a sentiment that you've experienced with people um, who, who aren't of European descent? Um, no, Okay. mainly European descent. Um, most other people are a lot more curious, they ask questions. Okay rather than they just tell you, oh, shouldn't you be this and shouldn't you be that? So, I mean, in my first year in university, I got to the point where I cook up stories about Singapore. Okay. Like, we live in a 26-story tree, we have elephants pumping water up for our showers and all sorts of nonsense, and then we're just off the coast of uh, Africa. Wow. wow, that's what that's I tell people yeah. about India. But <laughs> 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 Once again, followers, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. And because I was so serious, they believed me. But the other group of people who actually knew where Singapore was just couldn't stop giggling. And they were almost killing oh. my joke. And okay. I don't know. I mean, for me, most of the people that I've talk to on my travels they they knew about Singapore I mean even if they were wrong they were pretty close like this guy this this guy at a store in Cincinnati I mean he's just spending his entire life in you know Ohio mm -hmm. and he's never been out of the country even and he's like oh Singapore uh, wait is that Malaysia close enough you know mm. I'll give him that so, from my experience, like I've said, um, most of the people, they actually know a thing or two about Singapore, at least they know where it is. Mm. That's a pretty good start. And um, no comments or no funny questions about what my color, the color of my skin should be or what my culture should be. So, you know, people people who didn't know much about Singapore were pretty open-minded to to hear more about it so overall I think um, it's alright it's just that <laughs> I'm not the best represent representation of my country unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for me it's like a mix right like I meet a lot of uh, people when I travel I've, I've been to a number of places a lot of them like maybe I would say two to three years before 
like ago they they would think oh are you part of China we get that uh, most people would be like I oh your English is really good are you from America you know think things like that happen a lot but in recent years um, especially when I stay in places where you can meet fellow travelers like in hostels most of them actually know where Singapore is maybe because of you know the environment that we're in you see a lot of European American backpackers they come yeah. to Asia a lot yeah. they, they know what where Singapore is and they want to come here um, so so I uh, at least in recent times I don't get as much oh you're in China kind of thing but especially after the Trump King summit recently like I was just in America and most people would be like oh you know I know where Singapore is I want to go there you know yeah. uh, I'll come visit you and things like that so that really made um, our country a lot more prominent people know where we are that we speak English that we have a beautiful landscape and like two days ago I was just watching the crazy rich Asians trailer okay. and they featured a lot of the Singapore yes. landscape and I was actually watching reviews of I mean videos of the people reviewing the movie yeah. and so many reviewing foreigners trailer, right? yeah reviewing yeah. the trailer yeah. and so many foreigners were like oh now that makes me want to visit Singapore they, they know that it's a, it's a country of its own yeah. like and it's, it's not related to China at all yeah. and, and that, that actually makes me feel really happy I'm really proud of it like basically yeah but it, it's always like a mix you get one of like a few of those people who are I would say a little more ignorant than the rest that still think that we are part of China but I also get a lot of a lot more people that, that understand where we are right now this yeah. this actually fits into my theory that it takes a rom-com to make a country cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right and, and you know comment about the whole media thing like it's actually it's working you know like it is, it is bad like I think ever since Crazy Rich Asians a lot of people are like oh where is Singapore and where do I meet a rich dude you know because <laughs> let's face it we all like reading and watching stuff about rich people and that kind of like adds to the whole it, thing it about does. yes this country is something mm. that I want to visit um, having said this now the perception of Singapore has obviously gotten a lot more visibility you uh. know with recent events you know Crazy yeah. Rich Asians um, the, the Trump Kim Summit, uh, even people who have never stepped out of their own countries mm. have heard about it, which wasn't the case, let's say, 10 years ago. Mm -mm. Um, I, I, I do want to focus on a specific bunch of people who have had opinions about Singapore after living here for a short time, namely, like, you know, a, a certain bunch of expats who have talked about, oh, Singapore is awesome, but there are certain things that they don't appreciate. So, and you guys know this, we've talked about this at great length, and I've always been believed that that kind of opinion is bullshit, but I do hear it so much that I can't discredit um, their subjective opinions. One of the feedbacks, one of the feedback that I got um, from my brother actually was that we spent way too much time in the first podcast discrediting other people's subjective opinions, which is wrong, right? So the fact that a lot of people have these opinions means that there is some credence to what they feel. So I'm curious, you know, as as three Singaporeans here, um, is there is there something about life here in Singapore, or living here in Singapore, that bring about that kind of um, you know opinions? Uh, you were we were talking about that particular article about you know the the top values of, of Singaporeans, and let me just quickly bring that up. <laughs> right, so the top ten thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so guys, uh, I will share the link. Uh, down below. Uh, essentially, this was a survey done uh, among Singaporeans about what the top values of Singaporean society is. And I will let you know 
in about 20 seconds because Wi Fi is shit. <laughs> of, only, <laughs> of only Singaporeans? Yeah, so this is. The survey uh, of Singaporeans. Yeah. So okay. this is a Yahoo Singapore sad. news article. I, have, I didn't read it. I didn't read I it. I had a quick glance. I mean, it was quite. Actually, it was. It saddens me that those are the top values of Singaporeans today. Okay, yeah. they're actually. I've experienced a number of Singaporeans, fellow Singaporeans, that do not like being in Singapore or do not like Singapore. Well, to be fair, yeah. I mean, even where I come from mm. in India, you know, there's a lot of us who are like, oh, we hate the situation mm. in our country. We hate like being associated with it. We want to go to greener pastures. And that's, I think mm. that's completely natural. But mm. what but I'm trying to figure no. out is that how does this, is this the national narrative or is no. this just an opinion shared by a few? And let me just, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, read this well, out oh, yeah, okay, here, right? it's loaded. Okay. So the title is Top Values of Singaporean Society Include Kyasu, Complaining, Self-Centered. The article says, Kyasu, competitive, materialistic, self-centered, and complaining. These are some of the negative and potentially limiting values that define current society, according to a survey by some 2,000 Singaporeans. The 2018 Singapore National Values Assessment also showed that of the top 10 values that characterize the current society, the respondents only listed three positive values, educational opportunities, care for the elderly, and effective health care. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that's another kind of worms that you know, yeah. might not want to open right now. Care. How is that a value? Okay, wait, wait, wait. It was none we don't of want the ones actually working. So. No, no, I mean, this, this came out <laughs> okay. from the Institute of Policy Studies. Okay, I, I have a question. Yeah. What is the sample general, size? yeah, sample, sample size 2000, 2000 but what's the demographic? Yeah. Did they put it there? That's a good question, and I don't think there's enough I think the data needs to be more specific. Scrutinized yeah. a lot yeah. more. Mm. But anyway, it is a set of data, and it's officially published. Okay. So, so we can see the policy studies put out there. Yep. Yep. So yeah. I'm curious, like, uh, as a foreigner who's lived here in Singapore for close to eight years, I tend to disagree with most of these sentiments. Mm. Um, like, I find that these things are generally negative value judgments that people of every country make because, you know, we tend to not focus on the good mm. and focus on the ones that are bad because essentially our subconscious mind is saying that, hey, these are things that we need to work on. So that's why it has bigger emphasis, right? But um, I'm curious about this particular thing. Like, does this define the national narrative of um, what Singapore is, who Singaporeans are? I tend to disagree with this and I mentioned this in the previous episode. What do you guys think? I think there are certain items on the list that can be both positive and negative at the same time. Uh, it's also, you know, open to interpretation and how it's being, how should I say, practiced yep. in real life. Like the number one core uh, value, which is Kiasuism. Yep. Um, I mean, it's it is it is undisputably the number one key, consistently number one key value of Singapore. I would say behavior, not value. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it could be a mindset, oh, yeah. rather. So it really, it governs, I won't say govern, it... Takes precedence. <laughs> yes, and uh, it also makes us how we behave, how mm. we think. Right, everything is about coming on top of competition. Okay. Right, uh, it's about winning. Okay. So it's about not being left behind. So it can be taken as something positive, 
it can be taken as a motivation. Of course, you know, because for, people celebrate go-getter yeah, attitudes. And for better results yeah. and, you know, for greater things in life. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, most of the time it's being viewed as something not so positive. Um, being competitive, being self-centered, you know, all those bad qualities that has been, that has, that has made it also to the list and that's also result, uh, related to casualism. But I think casuism is, is not just in Singapore, right? It's just that the term is coined in Singapore, right? Um, you see this kind of behavior in a lot of other countries. You look at Hong Kong, you know, where people spend a lot of money on private education to yep. get into the best school, uh, to, to spend a lot of money on sports and things like that. In Korea, like, I mean, if you do a survey of the countries and the region, like, there's a lot of this behavior yeah. um, in other countries, and I don't see why it's so distinctive of Singapore. I, I know that a lot of Singaporeans, and I myself, were, we were like that, we were being brought up like that, but um, I, I, I don't agree that it is something that is so distinctively Singaporean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is something to be said about demographic pressures, wherein mm. if you have a lot of people in a small amount of space, there's of course, you know, the competitors will come mm. out, you know, like yeah. you always want to be one Not step ahead really. of others. In any location, even there's a lot of space, but your resources are limited. Okay. That competitorism will come in. Yes. If you have a lot of resources, no matter how small your area, land area is, you will not achieve that level of craziness. Okay, okay. It's just amount of resources available and it's only available to certain groups of people who fight for it. That's what you're gonna get. So can I ask, Sushan, if this is something that is common across a lot of countries and cultures and communities, uh, how has that become a defining trait of Singaporean society? Of all the things, you know, that can be used to describe it, like why is that at the forefront? You know, um, I, I could say the same thing about India. Like we have a lot of these big cities where this shit happens every day. Like people wouldn't look twice at someone who is trampled over, you know, because at the end of the day, you just want to get by. You want to get ahead. You want to make sure that you have food on the table and you have like situations where a single job application has 10,000 applicants. Of course, you know, that kind of demographic pressure will always bring this kind of, you know, the Indian version of chaosism, right? Um, what I'm trying to understand is that you know, that doesn't necessarily define, you know, a lot of Indian cultures, there's like a multitude of them, uh, that doesn't define a lot of um, communities in countries with a lot of people crammed in a small place. Um, why is it the case that Kiasuism is put as one of the defining traits of a country where there is a multitude of things that can be used to describe it? Easy. Marketing. Yes! <laughs> you're saying exactly what I want, Derek. <laughs> oh, you're leading yeah. us now. Mm. Um, it brings back to another bit of feedback that I received, which is quite interesting. Uh, let, me, let me read it out to you. So, um, so this guy, he talks about, you know, the Eurocentric worldview, uh, cognitive bias, you know, based on exposure. And he has a theory, which is the self-deprecating Singaporean narrative. So what he says is, and I quote, um, I have noticed that while Singaporeans are proud of their city, they never express it. Instead, there is a tendency to focus on the negative aspects of Singapore and Singaporeans. This self-deprecation, although it comes from a good place, is picked up by other foreigners who then use that to reinforce their Eurocentric narrative. 
What do you guys think about that? I don't know. Is it the Asian value of being of humility? It kind of always hit me. It's like, oh, you shouldn't be too proud of something. You should show some modesty and humility, and it kind of brings out the you that don't want to be proud of something okay. that you have achieved. So I it's get not like that. you know, for Americans, it's like rah rah America, and that, that they wear mm. their patriotism and love for their identity on their sleeves. Whereas, so you're saying that it this could doesn't be happen a, here in a Singapore. value thing. It's like okay. oh, you shouldn't shout out too much and be too proud and to point of being arrogant. Okay. But I think somehow that message became something else that made us focus more on our negativity than our positivity. Interesting. Maybe it's just not cool to say I love Singapore. You know, when we're in school, um, every year I don't know that that was like twenty years ago. <laughs> like you know, uh, peop- uh, the school made up make us sing National Day songs, and like I I personally didn't when I was young. I, I currently I, I mean like uh, disclaimer. I super love Singapore right now. Like I really appreciate where we are, but when I was really young, uh, in when I was still in school. Um, it didn't seem cool if we were to sing like National Day songs really loudly. It didn't seem cool if I were to sing my national anthem. Like people just pretend to be singing because the teachers would catch us. It didn't seem cool to be singing our school anthem. Like like when when we were younger, it's just I don't know. To me, it was just wasn't cool cool to say that I I, I love Singapore. Yeah, like that, and that's how yeah. I grew up. And then once I saw the world, like when I started traveling. That, that's how I started appreciating how, how easy it is in Singapore, how safe it is, how, how nice everyone is, how open-minded, how diverse our culture is. Yeah. 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 I do have something to share, and it's kind of embarrassing. Um, when I was growing up, I was super proud of the fact that I knew uh, the names of all, at the time, all 50 states in the U.S. and their capitals. Yeah. And I was actually proud of not knowing the capitals and names of the states in my own country. You know, um, I'm not sure where that comes in. Whether there's a sense of like self-loathing of my intrinsic identity, or whether like the U.S. for me was like this aspirational, you know, this place that I wanted to be in, and so I tried my level best to get to that point. Um, but it kind of makes me think that you know, when we're growing up, when we're young, we always want to like you know aspire to be something that we think we would fit in, yeah. right? Um, you know, as I grow up, as I mature, I realize that that is not exactly the most healthiest attitude to have. Mm. I'm not saying it's not natural. It, it happens to all of us. Like, we always want to be upwardly mobile. We always want to, like, you know, dream and aspire to be someplace or do be something. Um, but I'm curious, like, is, is the experience that you've had similar to that? Like, the fact that, you know, you didn't want to, um, you know, sing the national anthem because you're like, oh, I'm too cool for that kind of... Thing? I think so. Like, okay. like when we're younger, it's just you know I, I want to be the cool kid. You know I don't want to be a geek. I don't want. Yeah. I, I want to be accepted by everyone. You know I want to be in the in upper yeah. crowd yeah. And, and, and in that circle. That that's why I don't know who set the forefront for that. But the, at the point in time when I was in school, it just wasn't cool. Okay. You know it was cool to be watching American films. Yeah. It was cool to be listening to like all the boy bands, 90s boy yeah. bands, Backstreet Boys and whatnot. Who are the Singaporean singers? I don't know. You know, <laughs> like um, that, that, that was then yeah. when, when I was young, like growing yeah, but up. Now, so yeah. you, you, I mean, I, I remember asking for Singaporean bands and you were like, you gave me like yeah. 300 you know, recommendations. I'm like, oh, yeah. God, I'm still at two. <laughs> so yeah. um, and I, I, guess, I guess it's natural for all of us, you know, to grow into mm. like loving our identity. And that's mm. pretty nice. 
Uh, and at the same time, I think the prevalence of American media tends to override pretty much everything. Yes. And I don't think it's a fault of ours in our thinking. Um, but I'm just kind of wondering whether this is one of the reasons why um, a country like Singapore, which has its own distinct social identity, which we talked about the last time, it has been like broad stroked with a narrative that is not from Singapore, mm. you know? Um, and at the same time, there are people who have voiced these same opinions from within Singapore. So it's like, huh, all right. Um, where, where, where do we stand? Like, where does, where do Singaporeans stand on this particular thing as a collective? Like, obviously, I, I know that all three of you travel a lot, so you probably have a breadth of opinion that is not shared by, let's say, a significant uh, portion of Singaporeans. But if you were to represent Singapore, um, would you say that the current perception of Singapore on a global platform, could you say that that is, uh, what's the word, justified? When you say global platform, you don't mean the people that are saying that we're soulless, right? Um, essentially that, like, okay. what, by, by global platform, I mean like the global perception of Singapore. Like, you know, what is Singapore outside of Singapore? What is Singapore outside of Singapore right now? Uh, like what we talked about earlier, they, they want to come, you know, it's a, it's a country with beautiful architecture, mm. um, um, it's really safe, people speak English, it's going to be easy, you know, that, that's the global perspective. But when we talk about the people that said Singapore are soulless, I have another set of opinions, yeah. like why they came about, to, to, you know, they came up with this perspective. Like, um, I'm not sure who exactly uh, wrote the article, I didn't read deep into it. I'm not sure what the collective opinion was that in the end the conclusion was that Singapore has no soul. Um, but highly likely if they were travelers, they probably didn't hang out enough with the locals to make that statement. Yeah. If they were expat, um, not everyone's like you, Rindo, that hang out with like a bunch of Singaporeans, you know. Like uh, in Singapore, because it's so diverse and we have people from everywhere, it's so easy to be in your own little bubble. Yeah. I have people that only, I've met people that, you know, like um, stuck with their own country, like nationality, like, oh, this group of French people, this group of Spanish people, they don't step out of the comfort zone to like hang out with enough no locals to Probably that's why I think it's a bit skewed, like that that opinion about Singapore. I'm not sure. Like I once met a, a German. I, I told you guys this the other time. Like I once met a German lady um, at a hotel lobby while I was waiting for a friend, and I, I said hi. You know, she was just sitting next to me. I said hi, and she looked so surprised. Like she was like, "Oh my God, this is the first time someone here has taken initiative to talk to me." I've been here three years with my husband, he's here for work. And I was just really shocked, <laughs> like, you know, who have you been hanging out with? You know, people here are really nice. Uh, we talk to people, we make, make a lot of friends from everywhere. We have friends from Brazil, Spain, you know, France, like, who have you been hanging out with? It's just like, yeah, I've been here three years, even in my own condo, like, I take the lift and no one smiles at me. Like, okay, like, you know, what what's going on? Like, what, are, what have all these people been, been been experiencing like um, that that's my question who who have they experienced enough of Singapore to come up with that kind of statement um, yeah it's actually pretty well documented and it goes back to and once again this is something that we touched up on uh, in the first podcast which is that um, shit was it William Gibson yeah um, he, he was the one who coined the term Disneyland the death penalty mm. and this is just this journalist from Wired the Wired magazine 
um, came down here for a couple of days, I think, you know, talked about this, talking about, oh, you know, Singapore has this, you know, facade of cosmopolitanism, but yet on, on the, like, the underbelly of Singapore is far darker than you had that. And then there's another popular blogger, Mark Manson, who was, uh, said something that was a throwaway line, uh. which is the whole reason why we started this podcast. So, <laughs> fuck you, Mark. <laughs> no, uh, for one thing, you can't really fault them. Because yeah. that's what of they course, saw. Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, I, I was in university in the US. Every European classmate I had just told me the same exact thing. Oh, America has no culture. I say, you just got here. How can you even arrive at that? Oh, I read about this all the time. I'm going, but you're here now. It's different from Europe. So this is a different culture already. Mm-hmm. Why are you not trying to accept it and learn more about it? And it's just, just ramming that statement into every other foreigner you met. Okay. And okay. This is interesting. That, that like was America has no culture. Like, what made them think so? I mean, this is a really, during my time, a long time ago, that's <laughs> the thing that they, they kind of push into it and they like to say a stupid statement like, yogurt has more culture than in America, which is not true. It, it's something you have to discover. Yeah. If you don't discover and just base it on other people's experience without going through it yourself, it's just like, you know, in a class in high school, as a classmate that everybody avoids because there was a rumor going around and nobody take time to get to know that person. Okay. This is exactly what's happening around the world, each country. You yeah. hear so much about Iran being this, Iran yeah. being that, or yeah. North Korea being this and that, and all the stories, nobody actually media been there mm-hmm. to yeah. see it yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, like once again, like you guys have mentioned this already, that you can't fault them because we have like tons of things in our minds, you know, where like we have to deal with thinking about our jobs or relationships and you know, thinking about uh, a country from a foreigner's perspective is probably not the the highest priority in our things. And everybody's about, experience right? is yeah. different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can't really say, oh, this is the experience everybody will go through if they come here. Like, come on. Exactly. Like, they could be the nicest person that everybody loves and then you had a horrible experience with this person. You hated this person. You try and tell everybody, everybody's going to shoot you down. Yeah. It's the opposite for everything else. So it's like everybody has their own shit that they deal with. And everybody's experience is different. I, I don't know. Like, look at look at Nas. Have you, have you seen the YouTuber or the YouTuber? Yeah, Nas, Nas Daily. Nas Daily. Nas Daily yeah. He's broken so many stereotypes. Get him to come to Singapore and like, do something. Oh, he something. was here. Yeah. He was? He was oh, shit. Oh, I'm man. curious to know what he has to say about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love his video. <laughs> I've seen it. What, uh, what did he say yeah. about Singapore? I mean, he had a great time at our Super Trees. And I was just thinking, okay, you had a great company and everything, but that doesn't really say much about my country as a yeah, whole. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a beautiful tourist. Yeah, it's stuff. just a okay. beautiful touristy. Like, people are nice. It's really not to the point of really introducing the culture of course, mm. of course. but it was still a nice video <laughs> do you know so how many times like mark and who's the other guy oh, william gibson yeah william gibson came down to singapore before they published the article oh mark manson just showed up here and he's like oh so the essential oh. uh gist of his article was about you know how to expand your mental horizons okay so it's like you know you got to go travel you got to do this and that's how you learn about different things mm. and so he talked about like when you go traveling you realize that you know many places are very different take the example of singapore it's an amazing country you know it works it's, it's awesome it's super efficient it's like you know a diamond in the rough 
but it lacks soul. End of story. The and then call? like you know, he doesn't justify he it. He only came once? It. Yeah, that's it. And he's like, Yeah, travel expands the mind. And I'm like, Yeah, you know, fuck you. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. I, I personally I've been to uh, Paris once. Uh-huh. I will I always tell people I hate Paris. Okay. And then there was once I met a traveler I still love Paris. You know, like and then someone else told me you wouldn't you, you shouldn't decide what a country is or a city is unless you visit it twice, okay. then make your decision. Yep. Yeah, Mark, come back to Singapore. We'll show <laughs> you around. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like I don't know, like, it's, it's so, just how many days, few days? I'm, I'm not sure, like, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I used to be a fan, but then I think he's, uh, yeah, it's not something that I generally follow. Okay. Uh, and essentially that one line just triggered me. Oh. But, you know, hey, if, he does have some really good things good things to say. I'm not like judging your character <laughs> just because of that line mark. <laughs> he is entitled to his experience. Of course, he yes, is, of I course. Agree, everyone is, everyone yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. And I think that was a mistake that we made in the last podcast where I was super judgmental of people who didn't share the opinions that I had. Okay. So the feedback that I've also got was ooh, that, you ooh, know. you grown up. <laughs> so so it's like, uh, let, 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 let me pull this up again. So the feedback was... It was discrediting a comment doesn't prove a point. Uh. Justifying a comment is equally meaningless. So I'm just trying to see the other side of the story. Uh. I'm trying to figure out that yes, a lot of people, it's not just one person, it's not two people, there's a fair number of people who have these opinions. So I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. Uh. Like trying to figure out like what is it about it. So I, I think it's fairly obvious from the conversation that I have with you guys that you know media representation plays a part. Um, the fact that the subjective opinions of the people who haven't had the opportunity to, you know, immerse themselves in a culture is one of the reasons why this kind of natural comes out. Um, yeah, and I think that's pretty much all I have to say. I think, uh, you know, Mark can write whatever he wants, yep. and, you know, if that is his opinion, sure. But I think it'll be interesting, at least for me, to find out what how he defines soul. Yeah. I mean, he made that I would say a rather sweeping statement mm. for the amount for the length of time he was in the country. So, I mean, it would be interesting to know like what his definition of soul is. So that, you know, you can call it justification or whatsoever, um, you know, just so that people could understand where he's coming from. Yes. Mm. As long as we define what he meant by so, and we can all be on the same page, we can have a discussion. Yeah, yeah, it's there. Or, I mean, at least people will feel better. Okay, yeah, by your definition of so, we don't have that, so we're fine. You know, that kind of so we kind of not wanted. (laughs) We can actually say that and comfort ourselves at that point. But it's something that we need to know what you meant by so. Are we going to talk about that? We did talk about that during we the did, last... We did, yeah, There is some more podcast. feedback that okay. I got from someone else. Mm. I've got a lot of feedback about this. <laughs> it's good. It shows that you have good friends that tell you what's wrong. Yes, yes. yes. And I'm very appreciative of all of you guys who have given us feedback. Uh, this is how we grow and I'm infinitely grateful. Now, one of the things that was very interesting was that... Um, give me a minute. Um, Alright, so, okay, so this is essentially, um, so she was talking about how we focused on 
the Singaporean narrative being defined by white expats in the first podcast. And so she said, um, and I quote, maybe white people think it's too good to be true so that they find the, they need to find the dark side of the story. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me just go back. Um, so this is uh, from one of our friends whose her feedback was, love the feedback. I was also one of these white people who found Singapore was too clean and slowly reconsidered my point of view. The more I learn about Singapore, the more I find this place interesting. Its success story is just amazing. Maybe white people think it's too good to be true, so they need to find the dark side of the story. Wow. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. It feels I mean, like you're back in school and people didn't like you when you did better than them and they find ways to destroy your reputation. Wow. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's, uh, it's, 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 it's fair to say so. I mean, uh, we're all brought up to, to this um, statement, you know, nobody's perfect, yeah. right? So it's really going to be, I think, almost impossible to believe that anything or any place or anyone is perfect. So when people say, oh, Singapore's perfect, the weather's perfect, the city works, people are nice, and then people go like, so what bad things can we say? Is that why they say we don't have a soul? Like, because it's We're all... Too nice. All, yeah, all they can say is, it's too good. You know, like, it's too nice. Like, just now you were, we were talking about how, for strangers that you don't know, she's nice. Yeah, that's, <laughs> all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all. Well, she's nice <laughs> versus doesn't have a soul are very two different things. <laughs> that's a fair they, they don't have anything else to say. Like. So unless having a soul means I'm dressed in flowery shirt and playing bongo and baracas on the beach, mm-hmm. then, you know, yeah, I would agree. Then yeah. Singapore doesn't have that. Maybe that's, I don't know. We need bongos. <laughs> you know, we, we need, need some sort of superficial facade yeah. of colorful... Um, you know, things going on in order for people to go, oh, that's Yeah, so we had cool. the horrible haka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Did we? What was yeah, that? So there was, I, think I was, didn't even watch it. it. Was, I refused I to play the video. I didn't watch it, but I, didn't I read too much it. about so, it. So, uh, for context, uh, this is a video from Keppel Corp. Yep. And, uh, they I, made I have not seen yeah. it. I can't say. I just read so much about it, I couldn't watch it. It is, I mean, it's, sure it's interesting. But it's like, it's one of those, you know, cringy corporate videos, you know, you make up some weird more. stuff, right? Oh. So essentially it is, um, you know, a bunch of people from the Keppel Corp, um, they make, uh, they do this coordinated dance that is very reminiscent of Haka. Okay. And they say things like, what does Keppel stand for? Integrity, you know, quality, uh, honesty. Okay. And then, so this oh, is the got integrity <laughs> after that <laughs> scandal? Cut it out. After you talk about this, have you guys seen the NDP chair thing where the different no, no, no. corporations yeah, submit? That is, that is, that that's is the video. That's part of it? Yeah, yeah, that's the video. Uh, I watched it at work and I, I was cringing. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, like, th- there's all these questions about cultural appropriation and uh, a bunch of New Zealand newspapers, you know, covered it and they're like, yeah, that was in bad taste. Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't have any particular opinion about it because, like, knowing how corporations work, like, they're pretty tone deaf. When it comes to shit, hey, let's do something fun. You know? <laughs> let's check out what's the most fun YouTube video. Oh, it's a YouTube video about Hakka dance. Let's do that. Yeah. And you know, so I don't, I don't think they delve deep into like you know cultural understanding and stuff like that. So, you know, I no 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 no. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I don't that's hate not it. also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not. corporations. Are you trying to say imply that corporations have no soul? 
Well, I, I think I think common wisdom dictates that no yeah. corporations are so. Like, <laughs> once it gets to a point where they want to make money out of anything, you know, we can describe that as not having soul. But then again, that's probably a topic that I also want to um, cover, uh, perhaps not on this podcast. But yeah. one of the more interesting things about when I talk to people about why a particular place doesn't have soul is that they use words like, oh, this place is too corporate, this place is too capitalistic. And so there's this idea that um, a capital, uh, you know, a, a society that is driven um, by capitalism tends to lack a certain, you know, human touch, which mm. translates to not having soul. Mm. Um, you know, in the context of Singapore, I can understand that the average tourist who comes here, you know, sees the trappings of capitalist success and, you know, automatically assumes that, oh shit, they're all about money. Of course they don't have soul, mm. right? Um, what do you guys think about it? What about food? Well, you know, we're talking about the average tourist who doesn't give a shit about food because he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I just want some cool pictures for my gram. You know? So, um, but it, it's interesting because I think a lot of questions about whether something is human or whether something has whole is also dependent on how they perceive um, the quest for money is, is seen, you know? Like, if you see someone who is unabashedly um, chasing riches, fame, and fortune, you know, we often consider that person as, you know, like, ah, man, he's just, he's just all about the money. You know, he's not all about, you know, connections and having that. Do you guys, like, I don't know, I, I grew up in, in a culture where um, lusting after money was considered a bad thing. It's tacky to talk about money, which has its problems because uh, a lot of us are just not financially literate and it's going to be a huge problem much later in life. But the thing is that we've always grown to believe that, ah, you know, lusting after money is weird. You know, it's, it's not classy. You know, it's, it shows that you lack compassion and shit like that. And I wonder if a tourist's superficial understanding of Singapore, namely, you know, the, the, the high-rise banks, you know, all the trappings of capitalist success make them feel that, oh, this, this place is all about money, which is why I think this doesn't have soul. Like, they're not going past that skyline, you know, to see what uh, the innate culture of the country is about. Possible. But they're like, oh, look at that glass and concrete. Look at that Starbucks. Yeah, it's all about the money. But it is true. I it mean, is to true. a certain mm -hmm. extent, Singapore, unfortunately, due to our short time as a country is it is all about money because I think we are not we're different from a, a okay we have no resources without money we can't get water yeah. we can't get food supply we can't get anything and it's also because um, we are not like uh, countries in Europe mm. where you have a good social security system yeah. um, good pension programs uh, back in the day 401k in the US um, Singapore I mean yes there's a CPF but you know that's a whole different topic altogether <laughs> uh, I would love to talk about it I would love to talk about it maybe in the next podcast but, but yeah I mean in Singapore if you don't support yourself if you don't make money you are just going to die mm. no one's gonna care about you 
Uh, not the government. Not the government. Not your neighbors. Not your colleagues. Well, if you're not working, you won't have any. <laughs> um, not the not the whole friendly taxi driver who smiles at you if you take his taxi. Um, no, no one. So it's really about getting the doll, yeah. <laughs> bringing the doll back home. You're right. Right. So, so we don't have a choice. That's how it. That's how we are brought up to mm. be. That's how we are brought up to think, and that's what we're brought up to do. Mm. I I completely agree. It's not like you're, you're, you're living in a, one of the South Pacific islands. You can just fish. You can plant. We don't even have land for us to do agriculture. Yes. You know, like we we cut. <laughs> And we're Derek staring. is pointing at some potted plants and he's like, yes, that's agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> For me, yeah. Wow. Right? Plants. Yeah, and, and it's expensive, you know, yeah. like we have to pay for food, yeah. water, everything. It's important to have money. And, yeah. it's and things are getting more and more expensive. There's mm. inflation to consider, uh, you know, property, uh, houses, getting a place, getting a roof over your head. Yeah, it might be still affordable for some Singaporeans, sure. One shit loads. But, uh, you know, but it, those those days are coming to an end, right? So, no one's going to take care of you. No. you got to take care of yourself. Mm. I, I completely agree. And Does that also drive um, what we talked about earlier? Does that also drive um, caseism? Like the fact Absolutely. That you I know, mean, it's more for drive about for survival. Yeah. Survival, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, basic animal instinct is survival. Yeah. And for us, we're brought up to think this is how we're going to survive. Unfortunately, everything's going to be in terms of money. That was true. And, you know, it's the 21st century, and I think money's going to drive pretty much everything. I just don't understand why people have this hang up about, oh, you know, to think about money is to, like, uh, no, it's just weird. Let's not talk about it. Why, why, why is it weird though? Like, if, even if you go to some place, for example, Cambodia, you go to the Angkor Wat, you get people, even kids, all coming up to you, wanting to buy, yeah. you know, postcards, touristy stuff. That, that's also chasing money. Why yeah. does net, why, why do people not think that, you know, that that's soulless or like that's bad? That's because, you know. Uh, it's still survival, you know. Yeah, but, but you know, Cambodia has like. <laughs> that Asian grittiness that people look for. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's dirt in the streets. Yes, it's got so. And interestingly <laughs> that you brought that up, um, what, from my personal experience in, let's say, Southeast Asian countries, mm. Cambodia, Thailand, whatnot, um, the people who live there, who I've interacted with, um, even if it's not about the money, even mm. if they don't, you know, demand for anything extra or tip or whatever they're actually genuinely friendly they okay. want to know more about you I made friend with this tuk-tuk driver in in Cambodia and he was just driving me around for a couple of days and in those couple of days I learned more about his family than I know about my colleagues family Right, I know about the struggles. They survive on four US dollars a day, family of four. You know, he talks, tells me about his parents, where he learned his English, what dreams he has for his son, um, what he thinks about his countries, the government. Yeah. I think, 
I even asked him what you think about those pesky tourists <laughs> that you have been driving around day in day out, and you know. So, I think in Singapore, I'm not saying everyone, of course. I think we have, in the midst of surviving, if you would, we have cast aside. It's not like it's not in us, but we've cast aside the how should I say the human side of us. Maybe if you if I use for for lack of a better word, so I having spent time on the west coast of the U.S. I miss I really really miss those times where I could just sit down next to a stranger in a subway or the restaurant or just standing in line waiting for the loo. I could just talk to the person next to me. Like, hi, how are you? What's it go? How's it going? Um, you know. Oh, they'll tell you where they're going and uh, what just happened or anything interesting mm. the other day, things like that. So, yeah, that's something that I miss. So, I think for Singaporeans, they're like, hmm, okay, I have to keep to myself. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to waste time knowing other people, spending the five minutes of my commute just yeah. talking. I rather consume, uh, I mean, conserve my energy, take a quick nap, listen to my own music, go through my emails and get things done. Actually, that I've got to disagree though. Like, I don't know, like, I, I'm, I'm the kind that I sit in the MRT, I talk to the auntie next door and she would tell me where's she going, you know, what's happening. And, and I, I, I know for majority of Singaporeans, it's weird to do that. But if you do, maybe it's just, not in our culture to take the initiative i don't know but if you do you get a lot out of people like in my company at least like it's a small startup but i know every one of my colleagues daughter son what's happening how what grade he has in school what tuition teacher he has you know all these if, if you take the effort you would find out like I'm, I'm sure in other countries like in the u.s there are people like the typical Singaporeans that we're talking about that, that don't make the effort and don't get that out of people. So that, that's a very subjective, like very personal thing that it, it really depends like yeah. what you do. I like, mean, no, in right. certain parts yeah. of New York, you have the same kind like in Singapore. You don't want to talk to strangers. Same as in London. I don't want to talk to you. Don't talk to me. And then you have the other extreme who just get so bored, they'll look at you and smile and talk. Yeah. But no, for no, me, yeah. I mean, even me back in Singapore, if I'm standing in line waiting for my food to be, I talk to whoever's standing <laughs> yeah. in front of behind me. It's like, what you ordering? <laughs> Have you tried that? Was it yeah, good? I get, I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and do this fair, even like that. Like, you know, my dad. That's where most of the conversation happens. Yeah. Like, my colleagues are like, oh, <laughs> really? so you have this random person yeah. like my sitting right next to us. Yeah. Like, oh, what's that? Where do you get us? Which is stuff? Is <laughs> yeah. it good? It's food, it right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. My dad is one of the most conservative like typical Singaporean Asian you can think of and he he talks to people in the hawker center and I'm like surprised you know like it happens like if, yeah, if yeah. there's a common thing to talk about like food is a big thing in Singapore yeah. in a lot of in a lot of Asia and and that works like you just need to start and take that first step and, and people talk to you I once got offered a job while lining up to go into a club like it's a legit job British company you know the things like that happen if, if you put in the effort so maybe that might not be 
I don't know. I, to me, that's not a valid point. It's <laughs> interesting that you bring that up because yeah. there was this uh, conversation that's happening on Reddit, which I which I frequent, and um, so what one guy said was that uh, okay, now this is like broad stroking. So this is this dude who said the reasons why Singaporeans don't get ahead in their jobs is because they don't socialize at bars after work, <laughs> and then the the uh, rebuttal from yeah. another person was that that's because we prefer to socialize over food. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it made sense, right? Because yeah. I actually have a lot more animated conversations among my local friends in a hawker center than a bar, which is like, for some people, that's probably a, a good way to socialize. Yeah. And for other people, it's, it's a hawker center. So it's like the inability to understand that socializing happens, you know, in a place outside of what that person is comfortable with is probably the reason why he makes errant statements like these. But yes. yeah, I, I just thought mm. that's about that. Yeah, so. and the two people that were on, a, on that occasion, like I got offered another job, like hit hunting job, like was in a bar at Club Street. Okay. And th- these two people, one's British, the other one's American. They're not typical Singaporeans. Okay. Usually, Singapore it's always about food. Yeah. yeah. Like we go out for a meeting. Oh, let's meet over lunch. Yes. Dinner, you know, like yes. even when we talk about sales or like anything it's always about food exactly yeah. uh, in the company that i work for um uh, our asean md is singaporean and when people visit from elsewhere uh he takes them to like these really cool places to eat mm. like these other places and that's that's what he's about you know so yeah. that's where they talk that's where they you know socialize and understand each other better whereas uh the foreigners in my company tend to prefer doing it in a bar yes right so it's just maybe that mark didn't go to like good restaurant yeah. <laughs> No, maybe he just went to the bar. Takes a boat, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's just getting to know a culture and how people socialize. I mean, you can't just assume the whole world socialize in a bar. Yeah. Although we do a fair bit. We do. We do. do. Even even our friends that don't drink alcohol, they go to the bars with us. But are we representative of Singapore? We are not. Like I, I am, I've been told that I am not. Like, I don't know. I, I love to Singapore, people while waiting yeah. for my turn to go to the ladies' room. So, like, I think that's fine. I make friends that way too. Like, yeah, you connect where you connect. Right? No, I, like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that that is not possible here. It's just that from personal experience. I got more of that on the West Coast, and yes, New York uh, places like New York, you're never gonna get. I agree, but on the West Coast, it's just everywhere. It's, it's just everywhere. It's Tinder. It's really in your face. <laughs> you don't even need Tinder, I think. So it's really in your face, like how people are willing to talk to you and yeah. take the initiative. It's like just exactly. that when I first came back, I tried. Even I tried because it's so ingrained in me. I started talking to people, and people look at me weird. Okay. Just gave me one-liners, I, and you know, yeah. just shut your face. I I got I got that. A little bit after I stayed in Netherlands for eight months, I came back to Singapore. I was so used to like just saying hi, talking to people, and in school, like where I meet a lot of other Singaporeans, they it was weird. Like, okay, why okay. are you smiling at me? Like, <laughs> like what do you want? <laughs> but it's, it, exactly, it's like what, are, what do you <laughs> want? Why yeah. are you talking to me? Okay, you're freaking me out. Yeah. It really depends. Like yeah. I, re- I think it really depends. I guess who, if you're used yeah. to people who only talk to you when they need something, this is the natural reaction you'll get. Yeah, that's true. Fortunately, a lot of people grow up not talking to their friends, and when they actually call them, is to sell them insurance. 
Yep, yep. That, that's happened way too many times for me. And then you? I've been to a lot of MLM uh, meetings. They're like, hey, let's catch up for coffee. And I'm like, oh shit, I haven't talked to the guy in a while. Let's just be nice and talk to him and have lunch and all that. Uh, He's like, hey, by the way, there's a cool thing you want to check out. Do you want to check it out? I'm like, okay, fucking MLM. So, yeah, <laughs> this yep. happens a lot. Um, not just here, like everywhere. Like even back in India, it yeah. just happens a lot. So there's going to be a lot of people who will want to, you know, use that connection to their advantage, and it happens. But I, I would disagree with the idea that um, people here in Singapore um, wouldn't communicate if not for any personal advantage. Okay, mm. uh, it's like, I, yeah, you know, depends. Yeah, I mean, but then again, you have well, a whole spectrum of communication, yeah, right? Yeah. Like. So I wouldn't say that one particular side of communication is representative of Singapore. Mm. Like, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I do find, um, like, in the U.S. and admittedly, I haven't been to the U.S. for too long. But in the week that I was there, I, I actually preferred to sit in the front, uh, like, the, the front seat of an Uber because the conversation was actually pretty fun. Yeah. You know, because and then I was also new; it was my first time, so I'm like curious to know about all this uh. stuff. And they're like, "Yeah, come sit with us and talk about that stuff." So that has colored my experience about what Americans are like, because they're like, oh, they're friendly, they're effusive, you know, they talk a lot, like a lot, and <laughs> this is coming from me, you know? I, I do that in Singapore, yeah. like, people don't, right? Like, usually, <laughs> I don't know, people, uh, so I, <laughs> this morning when I went to the rugby games, like, I took a Uber, uh, I took a Grab because I woke up late, and I had a half an hour conversation with the driver uh-huh. about rugby, uh-huh. and that 17-year-old Singapore guy that didn't get his deferment for Ennis. Ben Davis. You know, yeah. like, yeah, like, these things happen if you make the effort, like, of course. look like you're friendly, look like you don't mind having conversation, and people talk to you. And, yeah. and they would, and they mm. would. And I think, uh, in this respect, I believe that for a lot of expats, this was a conversation that I had with someone a long, long time ago, um, and it was not here in Singapore, it was in India, so mm. this was someone who was from elsewhere, uh, he was in India, and he had a hard time, um, you know, socializing not because of any inherent inability to communicate with Indian folk it was mostly because he was here on a job right Uh, his entire life revolved around it and outside of his job he didn't have enough mind space to do anything else so in his mind he was like shit there's the job there's things I got to worry about there's money and he wasn't he was homesick Mm. you know so all of these factors you know didn't allow him to socialize or enhance himself in mm. you know the city that we were living in and to his credit he didn't broad stroke Bangalore as being a place with no soul or being a soft family Bangalore is fucking amazing yeah, guys yeah go, go to Bangalore Bangalore's amazing yes. and uh, <laughs> but like I think I, I you know I'm, I just remembered this quite recently and I realized that yeah you know it's, it's not because a, a lot of expatriates think that their opinion is that of a world expert it's mostly because at that point in time you know they felt a certain way because of circumstance and so they probably didn't have the opportunity to, to go around do their thing mm. and so their recollection of that particular country or city is always based on mm. oh shit that high pressure job mm. you know all the times that he was eating off of vending machines for months yes. you know so I, I agree and they don't sit down and discuss about it. They yeah. don't analyze it, and yeah. then they don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which 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 is important. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that we don't think about until we start talking about exactly. it. And like, fuck, that that happened. You know, yeah. like maybe yeah. that's why. Yeah. And this is also one of the reasons why we started this podcast because I've listened to a lot of stuff about Singapore from the perspective of a foreigner. We listen to a lot of stuff, uh, you know, about Singapore from the perspective of a local, and. 
uh, Raj and I thought about this, like, because this podcast would be about the both of us, the foreigner and the Singaporean, talking about the same things, and maybe it will be, you know, an exchange of ideas that will be beneficial to both me and him. Yeah. You know? So, so this time around, you're outnumbered. <laughs> you <Yeah>. are. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> fuck you, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be four to one. Yes. Wait, How wait, is that even wake up, Raj. <laughs> is he uh, still in bed? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, like I said, we'll, we'll meet him uh, later on. Um, I, I guess, I, I guess we can wrap this up. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts, guys? Be open-minded. Yeah, I think regardless of what whatever it is that you do or say it is it is important to understand the background mm. the circumstances yes. um, and the situation mm. so a little bit of perspective will help mm. um, you know in terms of uh, making how should I say unbiased statements I would say mm. yeah yeah Link? They, they summed it all up. Yeah, it's great. Woo, Singapore! <laughs> <laughs> Go Singapore, it's our birthday next week. Yeah. I love Singaporeans. Fuck you, those Singaporeans that don't love Singapore. <laughs> I've met... Oh <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk about Wrapping it. up. Yeah, wrapping up. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, once again, all of you guys for listening, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, please follow us on SoundCloud, and we hope to... Uh, get this up on iTunes and Spotify soon. So let's see how that goes. Uh, you know, as usual, please we welcome any kind of feedback, good, bad, ugly. Just give you know, tell us what you feel about this episode or any of the other episodes before. Tell us what you think, and you know, we hope to do more. Then we will get your friends to t- follow. Yes. yes, smash that like button. Oh, wait, does Hanfan like? Yeah, they do. They, they do. do. Yeah, yeah okay. they do. They yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, hopefully we'll move out from that because SoundCloud has a, you know, we got to pay for it um, after 90 minutes. Oh, so, oh. Yeah. <laughs> or let, let us know what topic you'd like to hear. Next. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Guys, like Link said, if you have anything that you feel you want us to talk about, we're happy to talk about it. Um, our podcast is all about Singapore. It's about living in Singapore, life in Singapore um, from all perspectives. So please um, send in your thoughts, your opinions and, you know. And on that note, um, Derek, Sushant, Ling, it was awesome having you here again. <laughs> this time, we are sure that we've captured audio perfectly. And once again, what you've given us is solid gold. And I'm really appreciative that you guys have done that. Um, so, guys, uh, this is Sunny signing out. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.